You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Good evening, guys and gals. Uh, You know, look, as we're going through May here, and obviously with OTAs going on, and we've obviously uh, got some NFL news of the day, as just when I try to justify the Jets as maybe righting the ship and maybe getting things right, they just go and show some complete and utter dysfunction, and the guy who's been in town for three months now has the keys to the building and the franchise. We're going to get to that. We'll get to that. And as we talked about last night, uh, Pete and I will get to our worst five. So we'll give you the five teams that we are banking on to be drafting in the top five in the 2020 NFL draft. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, you guys enjoyed that part of it last night. We'll get to it deeper. Um, we, we may have omitted a team, and I think... Unforgivable, but I, I, as I told Jeff, I was thrown off by his absurd two and fourteen prediction for the Bucks. I am telling you that team is not good. They did not get any uh, two, better. Two and fourteen. The Bills won seven games last year. The Bills would take the Bucks to the woodshed. Oh. And I'm not saying the Bills are very good either. Um, you six games, six games for the Bills last year. That's fine. I'll tell you what, I I could spot them a couple of Hall of Famers in Tampa if they're not going to get the six games. But with that, we're getting into your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Um, Hands-free as always, guys, Uh, whether in the car or at home. Alexa, you know, play podcast Locked on Browns. Um, Some activity today with the the iTunes rating reviews. Always appreciate that. Keep them coming. Uh, And, you know, look, we're allowed to have a little more fun with this now. And, look, you know, Pete and I, obviously, we got a comfortability level. And we'll try to incorporate when we can. And it's a shame you guys don't get the first two minutes of the show and the last couple of minutes of the show. Because that usually... We're selling a subscription for that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's what you all might have to pay for. You know, that'll be the... the, the, uh, That'll be the pre-party... And the uh, after-hour survivor party type of thing. Eight eight fifty a month. Is that still a thing? Uh, yeah, well, if they're going to pay it, sure, why not? Um, so here's where we're going to start. Uh, guys, obviously we got no OTAs today. Um, and there was a lot of chatter early this morning about the wide receiver position. Obviously Higgins, which is great. We love Higgins. We love Rashard Higgins. I have no problem with him. And, you know, we went to when Rashard got hurt, the first Ravens game. And, you know, I, I know I had said to Pete, I was like, people don't realize, Pete, this is going to be a significant injury. You know, Rashard Higgins, Baker Mayfield, they have a great rapport. But what went came down today, and one thing from OTAs was, and whether it was Baker, whether it was Freddie, and it went on and on with pretty much everybody, is Antonio Callaway, uh, it, it appears he's he's come in here as kind of a man on a mission and maybe what's going on, maybe realizing the team six now that a guy like Odell's here, and which is his life easier. But, uh, motivated with what appears to be head-on correctly and head-on straight, Antonio Callaway, and just going to make all this wide receiver talk that much more interesting as we get into it. Uh, so, yeah, the, the uh, look, it, it, the the best thing about it is he's there. The biggest thing, whichever way that has worked, uh, and it seems to be paying off. But, obviously, look, you know, after Odell Beckham, it's a brutal fight for who's going to be, you know, number two receiver, number three receiver, number four receiver. That is a very fluid situation. Obviously, all those guys are going to make the team, but how they're ordered is going to be tough. And, you know, obviously Callaway is trying to prove something in his second year. 
Uh, Richard Higgins is coming back, and not only does he want to prove something, he wants a contract. Uh, you know, knowing full well that that probably will not be in Cleveland, uh, but he wants to show out because he, you know, this this gets him potentially a big contract next year. So, you know, there there are guys there that are really working hard, and I expect you're going to see a lot of that with corner as well because it's a really similar situation in terms of. Guys who, you know, after Denzel Ward, it's basically, uh, you know, three guys fighting for one starting job, really, or, you know, and it could be obviously situational or things like that. But there are spots, offensive line, there's a couple spots, and you're going to see, you know, more and more of these guys who aren't willing to risk not being there for the things that that means and are going to make sure that they're around. If nothing else, you know, the occasional, uh, cutting slash, you know, churning the bottom of the roster is, you know, it has a little bit of a side effect of letting people know. So it's, you know, if you're going to be, uh, trying to keep your job safe, you're going to make sure you're around the building because you don't want to give them an excuse, that type of stuff. So, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff uh, from that end, and and certainly Callaway is a nice little bright thing. I mean, you try not to get too excited about guys in shorts, but at the same time, you know, it's it's like it's it's all it's essentially like a bronze peep show in terms of you know getting to see just a little taste and getting to see those highlights and being able to get excited and all those things. And, uh, you know, obviously you guys know uh, Jake Burns, obviously you know good friend of everybody, you know, and uh, he was out there today, and um, Damian Ratley, Damian Ratley. <laughs> Uh, yes, one clip equals greatness. I God, there was more than one. There was more than one, Pete. But this but, is uh, this is this is what happens. Is, is of course, of course. But, but that's I, fine, and that's you know I, I'm all for it. In the there's sense twelve. Of, there's twelve names vying for yeah. five and six. But you know, Damian Ratley does bring already the special teams part of the aspect. And look, you're going to have to be able to do those things if you're going to be one of those guys. Uh, you can ask, you know, any of these other wide receivers. They're not covering kicks. They're not covering punts. So. There is that aspect to it. But, uh, you know, good for Damien. Uh, you know, obviously he had a shot early last year, but, you know, once Perriman came in started to get some snaps, that kind of pushed Damien out and didn't really see much of him after that. But, you know, so that's one to watch. Uh, trying to think what else today. And then, of course, Pete, now look, um, the weird thing was, look, Odell, it wasn't weird. Um, it was probably more weird that he was there yesterday than the fact that he was not there today. Um, the Duke Johnson one, that was a little weird because there were reports that he was in the building and everything was good. He wasn't going to practice yesterday, but then he was going to practice today, which is just still like the utter limbo with the whole Duke Johnson situation. And, Pete, you know, maybe LJ Scott, and, and maybe you have some hindsight um, there, but it just seems like they, they can't find any other guy. I mean, like, it's almost to the point where Duke's like, all right, well, I guess I'm staying because you guys just are not going to address it. Or I mean, it's it's just gets weirder and weirder. The running back, you know, after Nick, after Kareem Hunt, it just gets stranger and stranger with each passing day. Yeah, more clarity with with Duke Johnson with help, and, and I don't know if we're going to get it for you know a couple months, which is unfortunate for everyone involved because I think and him you know, and him and the team. The no, team, it's just it's, bad for everyone involved, yep. and and. You know, the, the the sooner you get this figured out, the the quicker he can be, you know, either moved or he's there repping and being, you know, getting getting better. And it's not to say he's like sitting around doing nothing. Uh, I would assume. I assume he's working out, staying in shape, and doing things to get ready for the season. But it's, 
you know, and, and it's two days. It's not the end of the world. But if, if you get into a situation where, uh, you know, he's missing a significant amount of time, those are time, you know, if, if he's going to be a receiver, if he's going to be a tailback or whatever, you still got to catch a lot of passes. Um, not getting those reps hurts you and not having Freddie Kitchens there sort of play around with you to see how all, all the different ways he can use you so he can figure out what he wants to do is unfortunate. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying not to, you know, overthink or over, you know, worry about that. But it is it is sort of that, that thing that is just hanging out there far more than Beckham. Beckham's obviously going to be here. And I think the Browns are already sort of practicing load management with those guys. Uh, As opposed to punishing people by playing them more? Well, yes. <laughs> One of the dumbest – God. Um, the uh, – because it, you know, I I'm assuming on some level this is planned because uh, you know Landry didn't practice today either, but he was there. I think he was outside with the team, but just wasn't doing anything. So and, and Higgins was on a bike today. Uh, so I think there's an element of you know that you you want to ramp up a little bit, but you don't want to like grind these guys into dust. And certainly most of these guys we're talking about are very young. It's not like a big concern. But you don't want lingering things to become bigger things like, you know, little nicks and stuff like that. Um, so if it is an every other day, if it's a three out of five, if it's a four out of six or whatever, I think you're going to see more out of this type of stuff where you're just being patient and you don't want to, you know, overload and, and you want to be have them ready for when you actually hit the practice field and stuff like that. You know, Odell Beckham, they don't need him every day. To, to get that timing right with him and, and Mayfield. They don't need him out there every single every single day grinding. Uh, and, and Not to mention the two of them are going to go do their own thing in California anyway. Right. And the other part of that is you don't know what they're doing in the building. You know, at the same time, guys are out there doing stuff out there. He may be in doing, you know, his own workout. He may be doing some sort of rehab. He may be doing some sort of film work. He may not be there at all. He may be working on moving or something. Who knows? But, you know, the, the, the day-to-day, you know, is he or isn't he, what is he doing type thing is getting tired very quickly. Yeah, well, and the other thing with Odell, though, is, is there's no question who the number one wide receiver on the Cleveland Browns is going to be in 2019. That one's done. That one's put to bed. So you want to know what, if you want to make the best educated decisions you can make on two, three, four, five, six, and, you know, all the other wide receivers in the room, is give these guys as many reps as possible. You know what you traded for. Obviously, they were comfortable with it. You know, they gave up, obviously, a first-round pick. They gave up Jabril Peppers, who was a first-round pick, and still just a young kid. Uh, Gave up another round pick. That's fine. So this puts you in position to make the best educated decisions off of what you've seen whether, you know, with these guys running routes with Baker Mayfield. uh, Are they getting to where they need to be? Are they catching the balls when thrown to them? So, you know, it's... You know, you're in a position now where you're kind of fine-tuning these last couple of spots. So maybe having these guys go out there and and get a lot of reps, it puts you in the best position to do that. There's just no way around it. So, you know, it, look, it's Odell will be there. And, and the thing is, Odell and Baker have a good enough relationship where they can watch six, seven different routes. And Baker's like, well, you know, and Odell can say, you want me to run this at six and a half as opposed to six? And, you know, there's it's 
they're just good enough players. They're smart enough players that that's it's minutia. They'll be able to figure out very easily. Um, I'm a little surprised, and maybe they'll adjust this. That like you don't have a day where it's Beckham and Landry out there, and then the next OTA it's you know Higgins and Callaway. I mean Callaway was obviously out there today, but. Uh, you know, Higgins was on the bike, and, and maybe that's warranted. Maybe that was by virtue of, you know. But if they are going to do a lot of this load management type stuff to sort of get those guys as many, you know, quality reps of the quarterback as possible, they could do it that way or something to that effect. Well, in Higgins' respect, though, it's a one-year deal. Antonio yes. Callaway's on the hook for the next couple of years, so the only way, you know, I'm here. And there's nothing I can do about my money now, so I might as well show out and get myself to the best of my abilities. Um, and Pete, in... in the whole LJ Scott, what exactly is going on? So according to, let me make sure I get this right because I want to, you know, attribute it properly and all that good stuff. According to, let me see, Dana Dana Balish, uh, uh, the sports director of WFMJ TV in Youngstown, uh, a source has told. Uh, a, a source close to LJ Scott tells him that LJ, LJ Scott has decided not to play football and has left the Browns. So, you know, you can, it's not really retiring because he hasn't actually done anything. Uh, obviously an undrafted free agent out of Michigan State, so it's not retiring in that sense. It would just be deciding not to pursue a professional career. So assuming that's true, and I don't have any reason to disbelieve it, it would be a really weird thing to make up. Uh, or be wrong about. Uh, you plus, know, it's it, a, it, plus, it's a Youngstown yes. station, which obviously would have some sort of relationship with LJ. And, yeah, it's you know he, he played at uh, Hubbard High School, which is over in that area. Um, that you know LJ Scott has opted you know to go ahead and call it a career, or you know be done with it after college. Um, it wasn't a guy I thought had a real good chance of making it anyway. Uh, and, and the Browns may turn around and go get Devontae May back uh, that they just released or, or bring in another back to, to sort of turn the bottom of the roster. But it was a body. It was an opportunity to get a look at a dude. Uh, and, you know, that's, you know, there's not not anything wrong with LJ Scott, obviously, you know, deciding to go a different way with his life. It's just what it is. So now the Browns, uh, at least reportedly, have, you know, are at 89 and then we'll be able to make a corresponding move. I assume they will, you know, confirm this at some point and then, you know, announce a corresponding move and they'll probably do those things at the same time. So that's probably why they have not confirmed it already. Um, you're probably waiting for whatever running back and maybe we'll stop highlighting these running backs that are brought in because, you know, you talk about Darren Hall, you talk about LJ Scott, you give him a little love and then these guys are out the stinking door wait did you ask lj scott to come on the show no 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 that i didn't uh you know he's a tough guy to find speaking of which um well i guess pete if we i tell you what we're gonna go to this here let me get this um the fine folks over at zip recruiter um hiring is challenging but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple fast and smart a place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates that place is ziprecruiter.com slash locked on there would be your promo code folks ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With the prowl for matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resources to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. 
ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter if you're looking for help for your company for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LockedOn. ZipRecruiter.com slash LockedOn. I thank ZipRecruiter for the sponsor of this show, but if you need help for your company and you're looking for people and you haven't tried ZipRecruiter, maybe now is the time to go that avenue. And here's actually kind of a funny story. Talking about, and whether it's, People trying to avoid the invitation or avoid the case, uh, you know, or you know, have to change their schedule of coming on Locked On Browns. We're getting to the New York Jets, Pete, and uh, I guess where we're kind of going to start is, um, you know, for the last couple of weeks, you know, Daniel Jeremiah's been on the show before. Daniel's a really good guy. I mean, Daniel is almost way too nice to be anywhere in the football business. That's how good of a guy he is. Um. So when it came out today, obviously, you know, Adam Schefter said, you know, well, it, with the Jets, obviously, you know, you threw out uh, McCagnan, you know, uh, and you know, cleaned house in the front office. So now, Pete, within the span of three months, Adam Gase is running the show for the time being. Uh, they have interests in, you know, one of the top front office personnel people of the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, last name Douglas, who uh, had ties from the Baltimore Ravens. His right-hand guy with his days with the Baltimore Ravens was... Daniel Jeremiah, um, and now there's, you know, Schefter hinted quietly that Douglas and Daniel Jeremiah could be part of a new New York Jets front office, so uh, we won't be sitting down with Daniel Jeremiah, Je- Daniel Jeremiah on Friday, like we had planned, and guys, literally messaged with him last night and talked with him, yeah, Friday about noon Eastern, you know, three my time on the West Coast is perfect, and now this, but Pete, let's just get into this whole Jets mess because I, I tried to defend it last night. Like, I mean, and it's going to still going to be interesting because if, if the players are good enough, it, it may overtake the mess that's going on. But it's they just can't get out of their own way. Once they at least try to get enough players in the building, then they go and try to wait to screw it up somewhere else. Um. Yeah, they fired a lot of syllables today. They got rid of um, yes, McCagnin and they got rid of a Heimerdinger. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, this has all the telltale signs of a power struggle uh, that, you know, clearly Adam Gase won. Yes, um, and there's more that we'll I, get to with Adam Gase here, but go ahead. I don't know if he gave that the psychotic eyes to the owner and the other people and everybody basically just immediately backed down. Um but, the, you know, you got through the draft, you, you did that, and then you're basically like, all right, get them all the hell out. And apparently uh, the Johnsons are listening, and they're giving all the power to Gase. So, you know, this becomes like a Mangini-type situation or the, that type of situ- deal where he's going to – Adam Gase is effectively hiring his own GM because he's got power over everything, and, and the only – I guess the sticking point is going to be who who would have control over the 53-man roster, but I have every expectation that when this gets done, Gase is ultimately going to have somebody who get, defers to him on that. Uh, but, you know, it's not a good model for success. Uh, it's definitely an even worse idea for Gase, given his track record. 
It's not very good. So having him giving him a bigger job um, seems a really bad idea. Uh, you know, imagine taking a guy who was really unpopular with players in Miami. Uh, some of those players, including Jarvis Landry, let uh, everyone know exactly how they felt about when he was fired. And now you're putting him in a position where he can cut guys or decide to pay guys. And that has all the recipe to make that an even uglier situation where he's not only, you know, the dick is a coach and whatever, however they feel about him now, but now he's also the Turk uh, that he can, you know, he doesn't like how you practice one day and he goes ahead and ships you out or trades you or whatever. Um, it's a very dicey situation to me. I, you know, I, I think the Jets, you know, for having Sam Darnold, for having uh, uh, and, and, and Le- Leonard Williams and any other Williams is Greg Williams that they are potentially putting themselves in a situation where they're going to go right back into being, you know, the awful, awful Jets. And it's unfortunate, you know, and, and, and you know, you can relate to this if you're a bronze fan. It, it comes down to ownership. And ownership has been the common theme that has killed the Jets ever since uh, Hest. The Leon Hest. Since he passed away uh, after, you know, Bill Belichick stole $1.3 million out of his old dying hands. Well, I mean, it was, it was you know, Bill Parcells decides to retire. Hess wants to hire uh, Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, you know, sort of has a handshake deal, sort of, with the Hesses. He passes away. As soon as Bill Belichick finds out the Johnsons are going to take over, he's like, no, I'm out. And since that day... The Jets have been on down, downhill. Now, they've obviously had more success on a year-to-year basis than the Browns did. Obviously, they made the playoffs uh, and made the AFC Championship uh, twice, which is insane to even think about that Mark Sanchez was in the AFC Championship. But that ownership has been the common theme to almost all of their disasters. Oh, there's there's no doubt there. There is literally no doubt there. Um, and here's the thing. Now, um, you know, you had Greg Williams coming in, and you know, with Adam Gase, and you know, and here's the thing. Now, you know, if anything goes wrong between the two of them, Greg Williams can't go to anybody because right now the issue is Adam Gase, <laughs> which is <laughs> he can he can send emails out to uh, media members. Oh, there's that. There's definitely they the can poss- be redacted. Yes, there's definitely you know. My, but it's you. You had a great free agent period. Well, I mean, whether or not, and this is part of it is Adam Gase. Apparently, Adam Gase is more more of a give me three to four running backs. I don't need a guy who's making fourteen million dollars a year. How much money did you just pay Cheese Age Mosley? No, we, we don't need to pay that guy. So that should make for some really fun times when he's got to sit down with Le'Veon Bell or sit down with C.J. Mosley and say, "Look, I really need this from you guys." Uh, yeah, you're not a fan of what I'm getting paid, are you? So that's you know, so there's just some dysfunction in that standpoint. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's you know, obviously guys getting kicked out the door, or airing the dirty laundry, and you know, making sure that you know he gets everything that they believe should be coming to him. So th- those are going to be some awkward times to be sure. Uh, but it it just again sets this thing up where you're you're, you're it's May fifteenth, and the Jets are now starting to try to find a GM. When 
you know, everybody has a GM essentially. So he's going out of what is left. Uh, you know, maybe he's, they've got, uh, you know, obviously they're, you know, with Der- Daniel Jeremiah in that situation, they've got guys they, they've got uh, some relationship with, some thought process with. But if you don't get those guys and you're on to the second or third option. You got it. And then it becomes a situation where, you know, if you get far enough down that batting order, are you just basically hiring a guy to get through the year and then fire them again? Exactly. Are you, hi- are you bringing in a substitute teacher and saying, well, you're the permanent guy for the rest of the year, but on paper you're a substitute teacher? So it's going to be fascinating because, uh, look, you 20 minutes before they, were, they fired these guys, you're Jets fans talking about playoffs. And they can be an okay team despite all this, but I think you immediately throw them out of the playoff conversation. Not that I thought they were in it to begin with. Uh, you know what I said. But I, I don't know how you go through this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you you go into this situation and now come out of it and go, you know, oh, we're we're totally going to the playoffs. You have now made a mess, and you're trying to clean it up in mini camps and OTAs. And even here is the thing, though. If you're doing this GM thing now, and you threw out, obviously, the other part of it, which is Heimendinger. So, say a star player like Jamal Adams has an issue with the new head coach. Where do these guys go? And even if you, you know, even if, you know, Jeremiah and you know, the other guy, if they come in and they are a nice duo, how does it work? I mean, because, you know, it... it there's not enough faith in them yet and maybe the team needs to talk to the front office you know about something there's just the power structure there isn't one there isn't one in any means whatsoever it's after what they did to put together and and i you know i battled pete on this you know i i think their draft wasn't a good players and then it's just it's just all over the map it's it, it just seems like it just seems like a crazy recess period where you're just praying that nobody gets hurt because there is no organization, there's no structure to it. Uh, you've got you know you got a guy like Quinn and Williams coming in here all happy and excited, and here's this kid who's you know young Southern kid or whatever you know coming to New York City, and where do any of these guys go to? It's an absolute yes, it's a shit show, Pete. It's an absolute shit show. It becomes a situation where, you know, the second this happens, Gase and whoever is around him, whatever you want to physical, consigliere, whatever, are now making a th- because they have to, at the same time they're trying to, fire, you know, hire a sta- the, the GM and, and stuff and that side, of the, they, they now have to talk to all those players, especially the guys who are brought in by that, that GM who, like in the case of Quinn and Williams, for example, I assume McCagnan was the first guy he talked to. You know, this is the guy who picked me, and he just he got fired about 20 minutes after I got picked. So, again, it's an awkward situation. And and you know, what's Quinn Williams? 21. Yep. You know, this is not you know this is not a a guy who has like a lot of uh, you know experience with this kind of nonsense. I mean, certainly Alabama has gone through some coaches, but the overall you know system was in place the you know it was it was Nick Saban and everybody else you you knew what to come into you knew what to expect and you are 
you've been in you've been in the league for all of you know three days and your entire you know professional sort of situation has has gotten flipped upside down and on some level you're going to have to you know what your agent's going to have to talk to you and your you know maybe maybe Nick Saban and all these are basically saying hey, look you can only control what you can tr- control at this point focus on that um, and 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 try to get through it but the, you 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 just you cannot say the Jets are in a better place than they were uh, a day ago. Even if even if even if McCagnan and Heimerdinger were a real problem and ultimately going to kill them, uh, this just does not get better. And and not that he's asking me for career advice, but if I'm Daniel Jeremiah, I would stay at NFL Network for now. If they, if you ultimately want to get back into the league in some standpoint, hang out at NFL Network for a while. You can you, you're not going to be able to pick your job because. It's not like the NBA where you hang out on TV long enough and somebody gives you an um, an insane amount of money to be a coach or a GM, but you will get a better op- opportunity. Uh, you know, having your name out there, which maybe all this is really doing, uh, may help you if that's really what you want to do. But don't take the first most desperate. I mean, you're giving up a better gig at NFL Network where you know you get to second guess everybody, and even when you're wrong. People don't get to remember, you know, generally aren't going to remember that long. Whereas if you actually pick guys in a wrong, that, that sticks with you. And now it becomes more difficult. And certainly I think Daniel Jeremiah could, could leave the Jets and walk right back into TV. But he may not be able to get the same job he has now, which is a really, really nice, cushy gig for him. It's not like it involves not working or anything. It's a heartbreaking job. But you cannot tell me that that is a better deal than being the face of the NFL network in terms of the draft. Um, well, the tough part with that is, is there's like, there's no really, you don't get to ride the wins and the losses. You don't have the skin in the game. And that's probably what drew Mayock, you know, out. And obviously with the two of them being close, I'm wondering if talking, you know, and knowing Mike, and maybe that's something that went on there as well. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's, we talk about this with Duke Johnson and maybe why he would want to be up. The competition factor never dies. You you, you want to do things, and it, you know Daniel is fantastic on television, and obviously you know does very well for himself. But there is that you know the skin in the game. It's you know it, it's kind of like you know playing poker online where there's no money involved, as opposed to sitting down and playing poker where there is money involved. And sometimes that is the, the lore, and you know he could easily walk back into a career of that nature um if he does do it it'll be interesting where nfl network goes because you know you lost your job to uh two top draft guys yeah, they'll be in the same they'll be in the same situation as the jets <laughs> trying to yes. desperately find I, I you know i don't think they have a guy who's in like i, I, I Lan- love bucky lance? brooks Bo- bucky I love, brooks lance erlin I, I should say i don't love bucky brooks i love uh what's his charles face? davis uh, Charles Davis, who's sweet enough that you, you you watch him for more than an hour, you may come down with diabetes. But Merlin, um, I mean, you know, that's where you're going. Yeah, I mean, that's a major shakeup for them. Like I think Charles Davis would be great as sort of the you know, if it's in tandem with somebody as a you know that because you you're going to need a hard ass. You're going to need whoa 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 Charles. All right, stop licking the lollipop. Here's where the kid is deficient at. <laughs> well, he's also a fantastic foil. Like he's, he, he works as a great foil when he was, when he would bust balls with Rich Eisen, you know, them, them in their rivalry, making fun of each other because both teams don't get anybody drafted right lately. Uh, you know, he's a great foil for 
Daniel Jeremiah, Daniel Jeremiah giving him crap because he knows, or, and my Mayak did this too. He knows like every tiny school's mascot yep. uh, and all that stuff. I, 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 you know, it's not to say he can't work alone. I think he makes for a great guest. I, I do think though, it would be sort of a one A one B type situation, which would be the best situation for him. And maybe that is Lance Zerling. Uh, he, he, he is a guy who can talk. He's obviously got a radio show, uh, does some, you know, TV stuff. Has uh, NFL bloodline, so there's no doubt about it. Yeah, and and obviously has been working with NFL Network because he's been doing their, you know, their scouting reports for NFL.com. So that could be the answer, but I don't think they have another guy who's ready to sort of step into that role solely uh, currently. Well, and that was that's even the thing though, because you know it seemed like Daniel Jeremiah was the eventual replacement if something happened with Mike Mayock. And now here it is with a snap of the fingers, and it could be, wow, well, we never even had a guy in waiting ready. So, I mean, look, I mean, the Jets today, look, the Jets move's terrible. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, uh, look, I mean, w- whatever happens. And, and well, here's the for him. I mean, yeah, but here's he does, the other thing, though. But, I mean, it comes a point where if it's enough dollar signs where it's, I got to do this, and I, I, I'm pretty sure Daniel has four kids. If it comes down to the point young, where it's young kids, that's the other part that I would note that would be a reason not to do this. Well, that would be the other thing. The other thing would be uprooting family, and the other thing is these kids have a nice life in Southern California. Yeah, time, and, it's just time. I mean, yep. how many, you know, going back to the you know eighteen twenty hour days. Yep. You know, and missing t you know and missing baseball yes. practice, missing games and things of that nature. And we'll see. I mean, we'll see. But uh, you know, it, it's. I mean, good form. If it, if it's if it's an opportunity where the financial aspect of it is, I cannot turn this down. God bless you. Do what you got to do for your family in that respect, uh, guys. Now that the draft is over, it's time to begin preparations for the regular season. Make sure you get these uh, the fine hoodies and the sneakers from my friends at uh, House of Hoodies. H O H O O D I E at HouseofHoodies.com. Use the promo code Locked On. To save ten percent. Also, make sure to follow their Twitter and Instagram accounts. Check out the guys over at House of Hoodies. Uh, you know, look, Ohio it's cold, Jersey it's cold. It's still cold and stinking May, whatever. But uh, you know, they almost have like the jerseys made into the hoodies. So go ahead and check it out. Some good stuff. And if they there. they want to send us a box of that, I'm all for it. Yes, we need we need hoodies, House of Hoodies. We need those. Uh, the jerseys, not you know, when you get to a certain age, jerseys aren't such a great look. But the hoodies. Hoodies are always acceptable, always needed. But uh, go ahead, check out the guys over at House of Hoodies. Um, we have we got one last thing to get here, guys. It's going to be Pete and I trying to figure out who will be the top five poor bastards on the clock for the 2020 NFL Draft. Trying to chase down, maybe it's a Tua, and good luck with that if that's the case you're going to go. But we're going to get to that. Um, in the meantime, the iTunes rating reviews always help the show. Like I said earlier, you guys have been fantastic. They got a bunch of them. Keep those coming. Appreciate those. Help with the show's growth and draw new, draw new listeners, obviously. So uh, iTunes rating reviews. Go ahead and check those out. Take care of it. All right, Pete. Now we have what will be, in our opinion, the five worst teams in the NFL in the 2019 season who will be drafting number one overall. I mean, sorry, one through five in the 2020 season. We're not going to rank the one through five. We're just going to bank our money on our five selections. And we'll give us a little, you know, just a little, a little slide back. So how it works out. 
Pete, give me two. Give me two to start. Okay, so the first one is going to be Miami. Um, the, the the Dolphins are actively trying to lose. Uh, and the second one will be the New York Giants. They aren't necessarily trying to lose, but goddamn if they don't look like they're trying to lose. Okay, I will, yeah, I mean, I'm in no particular order. I will come back just to rattle Pete's cage a little more. I don't understand, at this point, and you guys are all looking into it, Tampa Bay lost Quan Alexander, drafted Devin White at five. They did nothing else, and they were drafting fifth overall. They did <laughs> they, nothing they else. They actually got worse. They, they're going to be out for the year, potentially. They're about to lose Gerald McCoy. <laughs> and and if, this, if you're Tampa at this point, you better get rid of Gerald McCoy. They got rid of Vinnie Curry. You don't want to dumb yourself into six, seven wins. You have no assurances at the quarterback position. You, you know, and you're going to base basically make a decision whether it's a, a Blake Bortles contract or even maybe, God forbid, if they somehow do well, you give Jameis a Joe Flacco contract. They have nothing at the quarterback position. They have nothing at the running back position. I love the guys who can who can catch the ball, but that's relied on Jameis Winston. The defense, Devin White, should be a fantastic, should be a really, really good linebacker. But that's not going to be enough to do it. So Tampa, lock it up, is going to be drafting top five again in the 2020 NFL draft. And if I'm wrong, you guys can remember it, but don't worry about it because Pete will be the first one to remind me of it. It's not – like, here's the thing. Like, I just don't understand how you think they could possibly not be drafting top five next year. No, well, that's not my. That is not what I said. I just threw out your nonsensical two, two and fourteen. That is a really difficult pill for me to swallow uh, on that. And 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 I have been professionally hating Jameis Winston since he was drafted. Uh, but I, 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 they may well be. I may actually end up picking them. But for the moment, I'm going to take Arizona. I, there is too much that can easily go wrong. Uh, they may be really exciting as they, you know win three and four games or maybe five games or something, but still top five. All right, so Pete's up to three, and he cut me off before I gave him my second. I will put the New York Giants in here as well. Um, it's great that you think you've got some things going on on offense, um, but here's the thing. Without Odell Beckham, I don't see Saquon Barkley doing the things he's going to do. And yes, you drafted a future quarterback. And if Eli Manning looks like he's looked in the last couple of years, it'd be great to go ahead and plug in that rookie quarterback. But that rookie quarterback is Daniel Jones. So it's not going to get any better. And look, Daniel Jones, if he pans out, it better be because he did not play as a rookie and he got to see and absorb and see his deficiencies and where he was wrong. So Pete's up to the Giants, Arizona, and Miami. That will put me with Tampa Bay and the old checker on a checker with the New York Giants. And I'll just give you my third one here then. And I don't know if it's the rivalry. I don't know if it's the AFC North. Or it's my disdain that the Cincinnati Bengals did not draft a quarterback. Uh, I don't know if A.J. Green is ever going to be the A.J. Green that we knew which sucks because he was fantastic. I'm going to put the Cincinnati Bengals here in drafting, and this will obviously drop them from you know even lower than where they drafted last year. But 
Cincinnati Bengals will be another, for me, drafting in the top five in the 2020 NFL draft beat. The only counter-argument I have for the Bengals, who I think are awful, uh, you know, their offense might 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 be, might be do a little something if they block with all the acquisitions they've made. There. The only pushback I will say on that is their schedule. They play the AFC East. <laughs> and... I don't know is, if they're. I don't know if they're beating the. I don't. I don't know if they're beating the Jets and the Bills. I'll be honest. The Jets. Oof, I don't know. That's the problem. Is you get they get a free one. They get the Dolphins, presumably a free one. They yeah, but if Josh Rosen gets, well, yeah, even if Josh Rosen gets hot, who the hell is he throwing it to? <laughs> and 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 I don't put it past the frisky Bengals. To do something stupid like be completely irrelevant and then beat the Browns in December, that is like the ultimate Bengal move. They yeah, love, like to, stub, they love to stub their toe when it behooves them to lose. Um, but, yeah, so you're at three or four now? We are at three apiece, sir. This sort of gets tough because... Not, not for me. For, I don't know. I, I must be in a hating mood because <laughs> I've got a punch here. But it's awesome. All right, go ahead. Who's your fourth team then? Well, well, for me, yeah, it is the Miami Dolphins. Um, you're, it's not. It's one thing you're hosting Nate Orchard. Just sign him. Just sign him at this point, for God's sakes. Um, and the thing with the Dolphins is, there's even if Josh Rosen looks good, he's going to look good with nothing around him. Nothing, and so it's going to be Josh Rosen, Christian Wilkins. Uh, you know. Minka and you know and obviously Xavier Howard and but I don't know how they're going to put up enough points to win more than three to four games, which puts them into this. Uh, you know, yes, run with Josh Rosen if you're the Miami Dolphins. That's the way you should go. But there's so much more you need. You you need pass rushers. You you need playmakers. Your wide receiving core is downright almost embarrassing for God's sakes. So for my fourth will be the Miami Dolphins and the second checker on a checker. Right. So this is uh, this is I, I want to look at one thing real quick because I'm <laughs> fairly sure this is the case. But uh, I, I'm gonna go with Tampa. It's just a question. I, I just two 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 and fourteen. Here's here's my thing. Well, with- well, let me let me ask you this: Who do you think is a better NFL team going into the 2019 season? than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm sorry, who do you think is worse than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into the season? Uh, Miami. Yeah, but I mean, that it's marginal. New York. Oh, no. The, Gi- the Giants offense is better. It, it, no. Who's playing? Who's they have Saquon. Defense? They have Saquon. Who's on that defense? Who's uh, on other the than Buccaneers Peppers? defense? Well, that is that is the question. Who's on the Bucs defense? Here's, here's, they have a bunch of guys I really like, but they haven't proven anything, which is really interesting. Who's the best defensive lineman, assuming Gerald McCoy uh, gets released this coming year? You know it. We all know it. Hard Knocks favorite. It's you know, it's generally fascinating. They have Carl Nassib, Anthony Nelson. Uh, they have Patrick O'Con- O'Connor, who I really like as an undrafted free agent at out of Eastern Michigan, another emu. William Golson. They have the tallest set of defensive ends I think I've ever seen in my life. Six seven, six seven, six six, and six four. Uh, but yeah, that that's the thing is, I, their defensive line is a special kind of awful. Uh, if if your front line dudes 
are those, and obviously Noah Spence is still there. I don't even know if they're even pretending he's a defensive end anymore. Bo Allen. I mean, so I'm going with Tampa based on that. Their defensive line is god-awful. Um, I just think... The charity can, basketball team might be good. I Well, then Vita Vea, I guess, is on that team. So maybe he takes a big step in year two and becomes the so best defensive lineman on So you put three people on, three people yeah. on Vita Vea. It's not going to matter. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be awful. I just two and fourteen. I think you can, I think you can drop back, and I'm a chuck it for at least three wins with Mike Evans. And maybe I'd agree with you if you had Fitz, because he was hitting those throws. And Jameis, you know, a whole hit. Fat Culpepper. Yeah, but a whole hit one or two of them. But there'll also be the three interceptions that are going to stall all of that. Um, and you know. I, you know, Jameis Winston is the purest example of a guy who plateaued at night. You know, hit his peak at 19 years old, and that was it. And so many people ask about you know, like we talk about all the time about these five-star recruits, and oh my God, he was such a major name. Well, and Pete, you know this, and he, like you know, obviously with coaching these, you can just see when a guy hits a peak, and he's phenomenal at the level he is. But that's all he's ever going to be. So uh, I'm at four, Pete, and with Tampa, that puts him at four. Pete, you fifth. This is this is the challenging one. It is, and and I almost want to lean to the Jets just because of what happened that was, today. I, that, I, I thought about it, but I I am still, I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. I this is where I, we differ. I, I just I, I I love what Sean McDermott is doing with that defense. I think that offense is going to be is going to be Tony Tony Sperano the second year. I, I just don't see people falling for that again. I just don't uh, see the them being. Wor- I just don't see them being worse than they were last year. They were they were a six and ten football team last year. Yes, but that means now that they're going to be five and eleven or four and twelve. They have a. How my, dare a, you a, disrespect your son Ed Oliver like that? Uh, Ed Oliver is fantastic, and maybe he's going <laughs> to win all those games by himself. Uh, it, there are some scary numbers of the Buffalo Bills, and, and with all those teams, really. The point differential from last year for the Dolphins was negative 114. Point differential for the Bills, negative 105. And the point differential for the New York Jets, minus 108. Those, except for Arizona are and Oakland, are the worst three in the league. I don't think that's getting better. Their schedules get harder. Um, obviously, going with the AFC North instead of the NFC North, uh, where the Bills apparently get to go beat up on the Vikings. Uh, so uh, that's that's my big thing with Buffalo is I don't – first, it, you know, it's so much of that is going to be a crapshoot, a legitimate crapshoot to see, you know, who's going to win any of those games between the Dolphins and the Bills and the, and the Jets. But who they play outside of the division, it's just like a buzzsaw. And it really seems like it's going to be a race to see who can win any of their non-divisional games. Oh, the, it's and, and, like, and it's funny because, like, you, you talk about the division tries to get themselves closer and closer. And, you know, the Dolphins are like, no. We're just going to hide in the corner until Tom Brady's gone. Then maybe we'll start playing our cards again. And Buffalo, it's, you know, we'll, you know, we'll see where Josh Allen is in year two. 
and then the Jets today just literally pull the plug on an you know, a, a, atomic bomb and just tell all your players, come in and play as hard as you can, but you know there's almost nobody to answer to here. Um, so brings me to my fifth team. I, I, I Denver was a strong possibility for me. Yeah, I thought about it. I they were a strong it. possibility for me. Defense is too good. Until the news out of Florham Park today with the New York Jets. And the thing with the Jets is it could be a 7-9 and nine season, but if they don't hit the ground running, and with right now, and even what they're talking about, with the front office you're talking about assembling, it still seems like Adam Gase is going to kind of be calling the shots, but you're bringing in guys with draft resumes. Where um, guys from the Draft Network, Ben Solak, who covers the Eagles, obviously knows Douglas well, and he had put out, you know, he did his Eagles draft review and said this might be the draft where it gets Douglas hired by another franchise. Obviously, Daniel Jeremiah is not going to come in here to, if he does, he's not going to come in here to write the franchise. You're bringing in two front office personnel with these guys who are going to take care of the draft, which, if you follow the dots, means it still might be Adam Gase calling all the shots. And Kyle Krabs, also from the Draft Network, who was a Dolphins guy. This is kind of what Gase did in Miami, and it was moving on from players who didn't jive with him. Jarvis Landry, Jay Ajaye, the list goes on and on. And then couldn't get anything done when it was a roster, Pete, full of guys that were supposed to be his guys. I mean, it's... If you all watch Friends, um, go to the episode where Rachel made the dessert and the page got stuck together and there was a half a shepherd's pie in what was supposed to be a dessert. And it's it, there's like no recipe, no design to it, an absolute stinking mess. So I'm going uh, I'm going to double dip on New York teams here. I may have to move soon, people. Um, but, yeah. They live... They, they... You know, I think whatever. They They're from New Jersey anyway, which is a shithole. Let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. Who is the better quarterback between Sam Darnold and Josh Allen? Oh, definitely Sam Darnold. Who is the better offensive coordinator between Adam Gase and Brian Dable? I guess you will say Gase's track record. I will. I've seen Brian Dable coach. Nope. That's all I'm saying. I hear you, but I'm just That's going from franchise stability. I understand. I'm just saying it's a it's a league of quarterbacks and coaches. Yes, but it's also you. And the thing is, with young rosters, you need what needs to succeed. And this is one thing we talk about all the time: is they need to be put in the proper place with the proper structure. The Jets may have had it where you know maybe McCagnan finally put together a good good off season. But apparently, they asked him, they wanted him to hire Gase. That's how it ended up. And then the friction had developed, and whether it was the money for Bell or the money for Mosley, which would, which is all, almost basically giving Gase a leg up because you've got tools to work with, but then he didn't like it from the GM standpoint. And it is weird Gase walked into it, the situation, with almost kind of a GM hat on already. With, it's... I don't know. It, it, I think there has been a ticking time bomb set into the Jets 
facilities, whereas the Bills kind of know who they are. I don't look. I don't think they're making the playoffs this year. But I, 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 I would prefer if I have to bet on one team to be better than the other. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills over the New York Jets. And it's not a, it's not a knock on Sam Darnold. It's not a knock on the roster with the New York Jets. But it almost feels like these guys are going to have to do it themselves. Well, the the one thing that goes in the Bills' favor is if both court uh, started quarterbacks were to go down, the Jets are absolutely screwed, and the Bills basically have the same quarterback as a backup. So you know that's my dude. They that's have they have an advantage. I still uh, cannot believe he did not get drafted. Yeah, your backups for Sam Darnold are Luke Falk, Trevor Simeon, and Davis Webb. Sounds good. Well, Davis Webb, that didn't work already. Luke Falk, um, that noodle arm is not going to work when you're throwing the ball within six miles of an airport. And, yeah, no, it's just it's just not, Pete. It's just not. Pete, is there anything we missed? I don't think so. I think we're, I think we're square. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, you know, obviously we're going to have to get that 90th roster spot taken care of, guys. Um, whether or not we hold an emergency pod for that, we'll see how that one works out. But, uh, you know, LJ Scott, whatever, but, uh, you know, uh, Pete, uh, Uber, Lyft driver, I'm, I'm not sure that one's going to be in the cars. Yeah, it's, you know, look, when they sign another running back, uh, we will be right here, ready to cover. And maybe it's Darren Hall, in which case I will be excited. <laughs> if it's not, uh, they'll probably sign some other schlub and then churn him out or he'll retire or whatever either. It's not... You know, it's not the end of the world, but it would be nice to get another guy I feel better about because I you you had Darren Hall making the team. I had Darren Hall as a top three prospect to make the team, uh, and he made it about forty eight hours. So for a guy, yeah, which is for Hall, who put four years of tape together, whereas L.J. Scott had got progressively worse as the four years went on. So that was a head scratcher. And uh, yes, guys, we will question moves that go on. You know, from the front office. Um, so uh, we'll put this one to bed here, guys. Um, obviously, you know, Pete's got the new work coming out continuously. At Browns Maven would be the Twitter handle to follow. Um, if you're Googling it, uh, Browns Maven is what you're looking for. All the work going out over there. You can get uh, audio type of stuff from Pete. You can get written, long form, short form, all that type of stuff. So make sure you're checking that out. Make sure you're following Pete at underscore Pete Smith underscore. For me personally, oh, we'll start with the Lockdown Browns Twitter account. Always follow back. Uh, you know, go ahead and uh, you know, go ahead and uh, over there. If there's something you want to ask and you don't like to put it in the Twitter universe, you know, you can send me a DM over there, and I will be glad to return it for you. Uh, check out the guys over at House of Hoodies. Uh, you know, they're uh, new folks running it over there, but uh, still putting out some nice products. So go ahead, and check out House of Hoodies. Uh, you know, jersey type stuff. You know, I know there's uh, Odell, obviously, you know, Baker, and other stuff. So. Check out the guys over at House of Hoodies, the iTunes rating reviews. Always keep those coming. Essential of the show's growth and progress. I could not be more thankful for that. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound LGB on the LOD.